0: Hello and welcome to this week's very warm version of the Fit Finance sessions. Um, So warm that we might have IT issues, um, but um, (laughs) we thought we'd pick with a simple topic given everyone's brain is suffering from the heat and go with uh, a very useful tool in your financial kit box. And that is the the good old ISA. So chaps, um, who wants to just give an overview of what an ISA is I think most people know, but also there's some good misconceptions about ICERs and and the various types. So um, yeah, someone throw in what what those are, please.
1: Yeah, go on. I'll take I'll take the easy bit, and I'll let uh, Tim pick up the hard technical side of this. So so there are there are a few different sorts of ices. Um, but you have a cash icer, um, which is as it says on the tin. It's a cash icer, so you can save cash into a cash icer, um, and that's it um you get a a, it was called an ISA for a while a new ISA now it's called an ISA I believe and that's just a normal ISA but you can put stocks and shares in it so investments can be held in that um and there's also another slightly unusual one called a lifetime ISA um and Tim will go into details of that generally speaking with with the cash ISA and the investment ISA you have an annual limit of twenty thousand pounds that you can you can save towards those. With the lifetime ISA you've got, you in, you invest up to 4,000 pounds a year. And then if you invest the full 4,000 pounds, the government will give you 1,000 pounds as a bonus, as an incentive to save towards it. Um, and, and lifetime ISAs are, are then used specifically towards buying your first house um, or, or towards your retirement. So you can then get hold of the money um, when you're 60. One of the benefits, I guess, I'm not sure how much Tim is going to go into this, but um, so one of the benefits of saving into a stocks and shares, of course, you hold all sorts of different investments. Um, One of those investments, um, other than your usual stock market style, unit, unit trusts, shares, all that sort of stuff, you can also hold aim listed shares. So those are on the alternative stock market, the alternative index market. Um, and those will fall outside of your estate. Some most, most of those investments should fall outside of your estate after two years. So they can be used for some forms of inheritance tax planning. And then there's also a, a, a slightly more um, esoteric form of, of, of ISA planning, which you could, which allows you to invest into things like peer-to-peer lending and, um, and, and concepts like that, which is a bit woo and a bit out there. And, and to be honest, we don't see it an awful lot, but it is there. Um, so far, not that you can't invest in um currently the obvious one however is is crypto um and you can't direct invest directly in crypto either in a cash ice or in an investment process um but there are ways around that by investing in various etfs that track the values of cryptos and stuff like that
0: yeah. yeah and i think it's um one of the other things about ice is you can convert one into the other so if you've got a cash ice so you can convert that into a stocks and shares or normal ISO, as we would probably call them, or um, if you've been building up your ISOs over the years and you've got an inheritance tax problem equally, um, able to switch them into to AIM versions to um, uh, save on the IHT. So they're, they're quite flexible to move between all of the, the things within within reason and subject to the lifetime ISO being a bit bit more complicated. And I think, Tim, you're going to talk about um how they're used in sort of wider planning and i think um i mean we talk a lot about pensions but i think a little known fact is actually it's it's probably better off if you're purely going for retirement as a basic rate taxpayer it's slightly more tax efficient i think for using a lifetime isa to to do that um, but the the amount you can pay in is is very small but tim how how else would we use them in terms of um financial planning going forward
2: yeah, sure. So, long, longer term, um, specifically to do with retirement, they're, they're, they're really great tools. So, I'm um, talking now specifically about stocks and shares. So, as you say, lifetime ISO has got that use that you can use that for the government uh, bonus. But purely from almost a tax planning perspective, so the ISO and the pension are almost sort of brother and sister to one another in that. So, the ISA, as we know, just- but but, you know on the as you use a sort of ladder system um, we're talking clients so on on the way into an ISA so when you're paying money into an ISA you know you don't receive tax relief on the way in so you've paid you know that's net money that's going in there it's tax-free whilst the the money and the investments are in there growing and what have you so all that stuff is completely tax-free and then when you come to take the money out all of that is tax-free as well so you know if you over the decades and years of your working life you're building up your ISA part um, eventually, that's going to be a tax free source of income for you, right? So, pretty cool, thumbs up so far. Um, but obviously, you are hindered by that 20k relatively, you know, being a relatively low allowance compared to the other ones out there. Now, in conjunction with a pension, um, so just comparing what I just said there to, to the pension style. So, on the way in with a pension, you get the tax relief. So, whatever income tax you paid on the money here, you get that from back for paying into the pension wrapper. And then, similarly to the ISO's complete tax free growth in the middle. Then when you come back out, 25% of it is tax free, as we know, and, and 75% of it is taxable at, at income at your marginal rate. So you can see that the pension is sort of a predominantly a pay tax later scheme, and the ISO is a pay tax now scheme. So, you know, one or tother if you like, is, is great, but you aren't going to find yourself a from a tax position later on down the line. If, for example, more commonly, most people have most of their money tied up in the pension wrapper because of that tax you get in the middle, sorry, at the beginning. Most people get you know, stuck with that and think, great, you know, it's, you know, I'm saving so much tax. But looking further afield, um, you know, if all of your money is in the pension map, You're going to be paying quite a lot of tax when, when you drawing an income or lump sums that you want in retirement. So in terms of its uses in, in retirement planning, I will see it as the ISO sort of funding your ISO, obviously, clearly, assuming you're funding both, let's say, 25 years, the ISO will provide you with that tax-free pot that you can dip in and out of for, lifestyle things, extra income, whatever you want. And then the pension you can drip out um, uh, as an income clearly. Um, but from a tax efficiency perspective, let's just to get a little bit technical, but why not? Um, let's say with the pension, you take out 16, well, it works out to be 16,666 pounds per year. 25% of that is whatever it is, but that's completely tax-free. 75% of that actually makes up your personal allowance of, which is 12,570 at the moment, but that works out to be 75% of that number works out to be 12,500. So now we've got 75% of the pension that you're taking out, which is taxable officially, but that's using up your personal allowance, which is tax-free, so that's tax-free money, plus the tax-free lump sum for that section of the pension, plus any ISA income that you're taking as well. You've got a, you've got a tax-free source of income right there. Um, so very quickly, um, as a quick example, that's how they can both work in conjunction looking longer term and in terms of drawing an income out of them, yeah. um, you hang up your boots. Um, and
0: hence why it's not always a mathematical flow chart of this is the most tax efficient than, than this one. You, you want to water all the trees in the garden, otherwise you end up with one very big tree and three saplings. Um, so if we've got more tools in retirement, then, then, then great. Um, and also, I think sometimes, depending on what assets you've got or what the structure of your portfolio is, it's better to have the faster-growing, high-growth assets in in the ISA or the the, the high-income-generating assets and the lower-risk ones outside, because you're preserving that tax efficiency on the on the growing assets. So sometimes it's it's a bit of housekeeping in terms of moving the assets around to maximize those. Uh, those allowances to their best use at the same time. No point having all your cash saved in ISAs and then all your investments outside the ISA or or vice versa. Um, Good. Anything else to add on ISAs? Everyone's favourite tax-efficient investment scheme?
1: No. I would just like to say I really like your analogy about watering trees. I thought that that was top draw.
0: Thanks. I, uh, that's that's a new one. I, I just made that up as we were going along, inspired by Tim's uh, Tim's little tree in the background there, because, you know, he was talking for a long time, so I had to think of something. Um, <laughs> that's it for this this week. Uh, uh, if you've got any questions or if you've got some ICES and you want them to be reviewed, then uh, please let us know. And um, yeah, until then, uh, sayonara.